Hi guys, welcome to Darkroom Prophecies, episode 7. Uh, Ray, Jamie, and um, today we kind of wanted to talk about the holographic universe. I mean, the last episode we talked about the future of the mind, and we feel like we kind of, we kind of mentioned different dimensions in that episode, and we kind of mentioned the holographic universe, and today we just kind of want to talk about it. Yeah, we um, the holographic universe is going to be kind of a reoccurring theme because if the universe actually is a hologram, then everything from reincarnation to different dimensions to aliens to past lives to intuition to psychic phenomena, it's all going to be part of a hologram. So and in, in case people don't actually know what the holographic universe is, I guess we should kind of explain it real quick. Basically what a hologram is, it's a two-dimensional flat screen that when you shine a laser through it, forms a three-dimensional image. I think it's like a three-dimensional image projected two-dimensionally or or something like that. It's basically 3D formed as 2D, right? Well, the actual like hologram itself is it's flat. It's like a kind of looks like a mirror. Yeah. But there's images in there, and then when you beam a laser through, the other side will come out a three three D image. Right. But the most important part of the hologram, like why they say the universe is a hologram, is actually because if you were to take that two dimensional flat screen and smash it on the ground and then reassemble it, you wouldn't, each little piece would not be like one-thirtieth of the original whole image. Right, you could shine a laser through each one of those pieces and you'll still have the same projection. Exactly, intact. So it kind of um, has to do with the way our minds perceive in the first place, which is um, kind of a gestalt psychological principle, which is where when we look at images... The mind has to form a whole for you to understand. You don't perceive individual parts. Like, for example, um, when you look at uh, a lot of advertising, um, things, letters will not actually be connected. They'll be spaced apart, but your mind automatically assumes that um, you see the word itself. It's kind of hard to explain without showing you an example, but... Um, if you've ever seen those pieces of artwork where there's like an old lady, but if you look at it a different way, it's a young girl. That's an example of our brains perceiving the whole rather than, rather than the individual parts. So it's like if I, uh, okay, so if I do this, people are going to see a T. Even though this, this is not really a T. This is one hand's like this, one hand's like this. They're not connected. Your mind just has to connect it to make sense. So you see a T. Even though it's not, this is a a damn T. Not this. But your mind is still going to see a T. So that's kind of how um, gestalt psychology works. But then that's why they're saying that the universe could possibly be a hologram. It's one of the reasons why they're saying the universe could possibly be a hologram as well. Um, 
different realities, different dimensions, and that we exist in multiple realities at once. And that's why it's a hologram. So the young you, when you were like two years old, is existing right now. The you that's however old you are now is existing, and the future you is also existing. This would uh, go into the whole holographic thing. They're saying like the, the view we have of the universe is a 2D image projected from a different dimension. Yeah, like our brains, basically, consciousness would be the, the laser that when you apply, like when you look at something or when you're in your own mind looking out, the consciousness is the light energy that's shining through the matrix, giving, and then that gives us awareness and sentience. So something like that. But um, it's from quantum 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 physics. I mean, quantum this physics. stuff is just like it's really hard to understand. But um, it's from string theory. String theory. That's it. We didn't make this up. We, we're not making this shit up. We don't make anything. This isn't up. our interpretation of this science. It's just the scientists have these theories. Exactly. And I want to give you guys an example of like why why should you care and why um, why even investigate the holographic universe well i want to give you an anecdote a story that happened to me last night um i've talked before about the power of intuition you have it every one of you out there has it and it's only a matter of recognizing it and uh when it happens okay but you're having intuitive thoughts all the time and it's up to you to pay attention and recognize those moments but let me give you an example I went last night with a lady friend to go see uh, the movie, the new one called Transcendence with Johnny Depp. Terrible fucking movie. Um, I was looking forward to I it. I still want to see it. I still want to download it. it. You know, check it out. Uh, I sure didn't like it. Um, it just wasn't. I liked Lawnmower Man, and I liked the RoboCop. I liked the new RoboCop and the old RoboCop, and I think that's why this one was a letdown because the new RoboCop actually. Um, was a similar story, but just way better. But anyway, um, before me and this lady friend went out for the evening, she purchased two roast beef sandwiches. And I thought that was really strange. And I asked her, like, why? Because, like, we're going to go eat. Why would you buy sandwiches before we're going to go eat? And she said, you know what? I have no idea. They just looked good. Um, we don't have to eat them. We'll save them for later. So I said, all right, whatever. So we couldn't decide on where to eat. We couldn't time it. You know, the movie's going to start soon. So I said, screw it. We're going to eat at the Sizzler because um, I haven't eaten there since I was a kid. And I think it'll be funny. She was totally against it for obvious reasons. She said, I don't want to sit next to a bunch of like um, fat families with a bunch of kids um, running around screaming and making a mess and plus more importantly she didn't want to eat their food because it's toxic and we all know it's, it is toxic so i was like it's not going to kill you to just eat it once so we ended up going to the sizzler and she couldn't eat a single bite i force fed what i ordered which was steak uh tri-tip steak or whatever in a salad from the salad bar i ate like a few bites of it and i was like fuck you're right and also it was exactly the way she described the inside i mean it was running kids running around screaming it was just a mess so we we got out of there i was like let's get the fuck out of here you're right i'm wrong i admit let's get out of here let's go to the movie so we go to the movie and uh the previews are about to start they're playing they're brainwashing you with all the commercials um 
and the seats start to fill up. She takes my hat off. I was wearing this hat. I wanted to be incog. Sometimes when, when I go to the movies or when I go out in public, I just I, I don't like people looking at me. So I was wearing the hat, right? And she takes it off my head. She takes it off, and she puts it on. She puts it on her head. I was like, well, all right. She just wants to try my hat on, I guess. And um, as more seats started filling up, I was like, okay, I'm gonna need the hat back. So I tried taking it back, and she wouldn't let me have it back. She just held on to it. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Give me my hat. Um, anyway, a family sat next to us. A family, and we watched the movie. It sucked. And then at the end of the movie, she gives me the hat back, and we leave. And then she says, I am so glad. I don't know why I needed to take your hat, but I'm so glad that I did because that family that sat down next to you, right next to me, right here, is the family I work with. And so she didn't want to see him. She was stoned. Um, so like she didn't want to like talk to this family. And, and I can understand why. And so when we get home... We were still hungry because we didn't eat the shitty, toxic food at Sizzler. And then, lo and behold, I got the sandwiches. So she kind of pointed it out because, like, I've told her about the whole intuitive intuition thing that, like, you got it, you got it, we got it, everybody has it. She said, that was fucking intuition. Why, you know, like, she didn't know why she wanted to purchase those sandwiches before, but it ended up playing out in the end. She didn't know why she wanted to take that hat off, but it ended up working out in the end. So, intuition's a real thing. And what does this have to do with the holographic universe? Well, bust this. If the universe actually is holographic, then that's also possible that, because I just mentioned earlier, that you exist in different realities simultaneously. In different timelines as well. Different timelines as well. So, is it possible that you have a self that is in the future? that actually has a bigger perspective of where you are right now and can send messages into this dimension, either whether it's coming from the future or whether it's coming from another dimension. It's kind of the same thing. Telling you, dropping in ideas, dropping in a voice in your head to tell you what to do, to guide you along the way. It's kind of like if you're walking down a road and you have a crow or an eagle soaring above you, that eagle is, has a bird's eye view. So it can tell you, do not make a right turn a mile up because there's a car accident and you're going to get stuck in traffic. Go right. The bird can tell you this because it can see further than you can. In the same way that if you have a future self that has already lived through this dimension and, is, and has progressed on to others and is further ahead in life, it can also send messages back to you and guide you in life. Is it sending messages back, or is it your consciousness learning in this dimension from what happened in a different dimension? Okay, that's a great question. You know what I'm saying? You know, okay. Like, maybe in that dimension, your girl was high, had to talk to that family... And was super bummed out and bummed out enough to for you her to feel it in this dimension. You bring up a good point. Yes, because the future self has let's say, okay, what you're saying, okay, like if in that other dimension they 
she wasn't wearing the hat. She got discovered. She was high. She had to talk to the family. She was high. Something fucked up happened, and that one situation screwed up her life in, uh, along that timeline. Yeah, maybe she got fired. Maybe she got this. fired, and then that led her to fucking, like, not look both ways while crossing the street. She gets killed. Yeah, like, something... <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. you're... Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's why she got that urge, possibly because... This is a little bit of speculation right here, but because she has already lit, been at these cro- at this crossroad before, she can possibly have that memory because now it opens up the whole can of worms about memories. Right. Because now, when when you can start implanting false memories and removing real memories and start you start tinkering like that, you're totally messing with time itself. You're messing with like. A person's being and where they are, their location in space and time, you're totally screwing with it. So it is possible. But um, another example is that like a lot of people who have escaped death successfully have actually... Now, this is uh, these are case studies. So there was a case where a guy was about to get into a head-on collision with another car, and he suddenly had a voice in his mind that just jumped in. And it told him what to do. It said, swerve left. Swerve left. And he immediately did it, and he avoided the accident by like a split second. And he said it literally felt like some schizophrenia shit. Uh, a alien voice, a foreign voice, just popping into his mind and telling him that. It's a little bit, it's speculation. We don't know what it is or why it is. The fact of the matter is the guy lived, and um, his, see, well, it's intuition, what I say is just like we don't know that we don't know that far ahead. Nor do you need to understand um, that much depth. But if you just understand that you have intuition and you can use it and you can trust it, then that's going to be a benefit to you. Of course, we don't want to become delusional. We don't want to start every time you have a thought, start thinking you're psychic and you know things. No, you don't want to ever take things too seriously, even your dreams, because sometimes people see themselves dying in their dreams or they see a plane crash a car crash and they take it really serious i mean granted there are prophetic dreams where people do see the future and those things actually happen but a lot of times they're just dreams and most of the time when you're dreaming you're um you're in a different reality but your dreams your subconscious your unconscious mind all these aspects of the mind that you are not aware of when you're awake are putting together a, a portrait. They're, it's painting a portrait on what you need to do in life, where you're at, what's, what's going wrong. Like if you see a lot of sharks in your dream, that, the, the, um, anytime you see um, a beast in your dream that's like very destructive, like a shark devouring something, that's your shadow. And the shadow is the part of ourselves that we haven't dealt with. Or it may be, um, let's say you have vices, or you have demons, you have things, bad habits. All those things get aggregated into the shadow. And so if you have a dream where you're getting devoured by sharks, it means your shadow, you haven't done any shadow work, and your shadow is taking over your life. It's eating up too much of your uh, valuable parts of your life, and you need to do something about it. And so if you know how to interpret your dreams like this, then you're going to be a lot better off. Have you... Um. Oh, I wanted to ask you something. Um, first of all, have you experienced any um, intuition or times in your life where you've escaped a bad situation 
on a hunch. Like, you just suddenly got this hunch. Like, you know, I don't really want to go on this plane. And then, uh, so you didn't go, and then you found out that that trip sucked. Have you ever, did you have, have yeah, you ever had any of these? all the time. Probably on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Right. You lose your keys or whatever, then you find them. <laughs> right. You know? It could be as simple as that. Or just little things, little things all day. Here's a question for you, though. Okay. So people that are psychics, people that get money, you know, everybody, you know, has heard of a psychic, obviously, but obviously a lot of people don't, are skeptical. But then you have these, some people that are like, I went and saw a psychic and they told me this and it was all true. What do you, what do you have to say about that? (sighs) I mean, uh, I don't know. See, like, it depends on the psychic. It depends on how accurate what they're describing is. Because, I mean, the that's thing... like supreme intuition. I mean, that's what we're talking about. So, like, they say they, they, their intuition, they could see into a particular individual's future. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of give that individual's, that individual advice on how to run it, run it in the future or whatever. Well, I hope it works. I know a lot of people who do go to psychics and do take their advice, and they claim that they have been aided and helped by heeding that advice. And um, I would have to talk to the psychic, and um, but I believe it, because basically the psychic is going to, depending on what kind, there's so many forms of divination, but in general, if you're going to like get into astrology, they're going to tell you something sort of subjective. And your, but your mind figures it out because it's your problem. And so by giving you, by telling you these, these like subjective aphorisms or describing things in a certain way, you pretty much will figure out your own solution. But they're kind of just um, helping you out a bit by um, dissecting, loosening up some of the knots in some of these metaphysical knots but um i don't know much about it because i myself i'm not a super psychic I'm, I'm not any more intuitive than anyone else and it's just um the only difference is that i notice it happening sometimes and i've chosen to become more sensitive to those moments when i have a thought or a feeling that's a little stronger than just any passing thought that I usually have, it's like if it's kind of emotional, a gut feeling, that's why they say it's a gut feeling because you feel it. You just have like a really positive or negative feeling about something. It's kind of like investors. Uh, if you ever watch the show Shark Tank, it's a show about investments. Basically, people who have a small business or a big business are trying to get investors to invest in their company, their business. And um, when they interviewed the investors, Specifically, this one guy named Kevin O'Leary, they were asking him, what, how do you know which companies to invest in? Like, how do you know um, what's going to be a, be a big seller in the years to come, a year down the line? And, of course, they say, well, yeah, we go through the numbers. We ask them about their sales. We ask them about their business, how much debt they're in, all those different things. But they said, you know what? At the end of the day, it's not really even about the numbers or any type of analytical thought processes it's a gut feeling there's just something about the person standing in front of them giving a presentation that makes them sizzle like an isotope there's just something about that person that they know is going to be a hit so 
even investors, gamblers, most people in life. There's an entire book about it. It's called Emotional Intelligence, and it was been on the New York Times bestseller list for a long time. Um, that EQ is a more accurate determine determine EQ emotional intelligence is more accurate at making good decisions than IQ, which is like a raw intelligence. But now the whole concept of it, the whole definition of intelligence is changing now because there's not really a way to define it. You could be like a Stephen Hawking, but that doesn't make you uber intelligent. It makes you uber good at math or um, linear type thinking. But can that guy get laid? Can that guy um, play sports? Can, is he good at music? There's a whole bunch of things he can't do. So is that an, can he even be successful? I mean, to be successful, I mean, there's a lot of geniuses where their genius actually holds them back. I got a friend like that. The guy's a friggin' genius. He knows too much, and that's why it holds him back, because he won't take chances. He thinks that he, he has it all dialed and that he just won't take chances, and, and the, his intellect holds him back. Whereas you have, like, people who don't give a fuck. They just go out in the world like, hmm, like, I want to, like, uh, be a pro surfer. I want to do something crazy. And they just go out. They don't know any better. So they just go out and they, ended up be, they end up becoming big successes. So um, there's no way to really define IQ. And um, you know what? I wanted to ask you something, Ray. Okay. I wanted to ask you about the whole concept of waking up. Because you're going to hear this term if you guys uh, – are into the whole fringe kind of stuff, you're going to hear, or conspiracy theories. I hate that word, but um, if you're into them, you're going to notice this word that comes up frequently called waking up. And a lot of people are kind of pompous and conceited about this waking up term. What they say is, if um, you have woken up, you're aware of the truth, you're aware of conspiracies, and if you haven't, you're a sheeple. You're a sheep. (laughs) That's what they say. And, um... I kind of think that's stupid because um, waking up is so much more than just finding out about conspiracy theories. Waking up, um, I think, is a better description of a spiritual awakening. And it doesn't even have to be um, fluffed up and be called a spiritual awakening. It could just be a life awakening. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, the movie American Beauty, the, the character that Kevin Sp- Spacey played, where he, he made it through... Midlife, he he lived the American dream. He got his house, he got his family, he got his his car. Um, but now his friggin' um, job, in which his entire life rests upon, is getting rid of him. So he goes through a process of waking up spiritually. I mean, I don't know. We don't know how else to to call that. You could call it spiritually. Um, whatever. The fact of the matter is he's becoming lucid, kind of like in a dream. You can become lucid in your own dream and figure out that, oh, fuck, like this is not real. I'm actually dreaming. Becoming lucid in real life, which arguably is another dream, is a spiritual waking up. So um, I think in psychology they call it the process of individuation. And it's where you kind of... um, Some people have panic attacks when they make it to... uh, They call it like a midlife crisis. When you hit like your late 30s, a lot of people have like these panic attacks where they, they're like, holy shit, like I'm going to be dead. My, like life, peanut butter sandwiches, odd walla, like fucking these drinks that you, these little things you like doing. I like opening up a bag of chips and eating the first one. You're not going to be able to do that anymore. 
And that's the truth. That's the reality. This is probably not, you're not going to be able to do these things anymore. Some people, when they go through a midlife crisis, they just have a sudden panic attack where they realize these truths. And it forces them to just like snap into focus and just get their shit together, do the things that they always wanted to do, travel the world, um, hit on all these girls, all these guys. It's just whatever. You just get these, um, it's like a waking up. And I think that kind of waking up is way more powerful than just, oh, well, you're, you're finding out about conspiracies. Because the conspiracies are going to go on. But you don't have to be affected by them. Or you can make you can get the, the strength to fight back against them if you want, but you need to be woken up to do that. So um, I think it's a process. It's just you're waking up. You didn't just wake up and yeah. then you're up all of a sudden. Like you're it, you're growing. You're learning. There's people that say that they're 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 already woke up or whatever. Yeah. It's like they uh, they don't need to learn anything else anymore. Right. You know, it's kind of limiting actually. Right. Like me, I like to just learn, keep learning. Uh, all, all I know for sure that's going to happen is change. You know what I mean? So you just go with the changes and just keep learning and adapting. Fully. The key word right there, you just nailed it. Change. The key word right there is, is absolutely is change. Because the thing is, there's a reason why um, they say the hermit is an advanced being. And the reason for that is he no longer is needs to uh get inspiration he doesn't need to like look out to the world to be inspired by things he himself is the creator he has discovered his own true gifts his own true talents in himself and the thing about this most people who live in a society are never gonna live in a busy society or if you're always in groups you will never discover your true gifts and your true talents. Why? Because you never had to. You discover those true gifts and talents by being a hermit. When you're forced into solitude, a lot of artists um, who lock themselves in for like days, like a monk, and they just work on their art, they get lost in the art. That's where you discover the magic that um, can only be discovered through your own personal journey by yourself. But the thing is, we don't, we're not encouraged to do that because we, we're, we're encouraged to be a collective. Um, we're encouraged to be popular, to uh, live in a collective, and we are all one, and we're all uh, the same thing, and we're, all, we're on this team, you guys are on that team. It's like this whole team collectivized way of thinking that inhibits people from discovering their true gifts, their true nature, their true talents. But that's why um, there was a philosopher from America a long time ago. His name is Ralph Waldo Emerson. He wrote an essay called Self-Reliance. And he talked about in this essay how the only – you know how they say that innovation is the God is the grandfather of necessity? Well, that's kind of what he was saying is that when you are put in a situation where your back is to the wall and you're all by yourself, you have no one to rely on but yourself, you figure, a way to, you figure out a way to do it. But you've got to be forced into a situation to where – your back is against the wall. You're all by yourself, and you figure it out for yourself. You dig deep, and you discover. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people, they're just not going to be put in that situation to where they can discover. So who cares? But um, what do you got to say about that? Um, I kind of agree with that, you know. Like, they, you know, in bit, when you start a, bit, a, lot of, a lot of business dudes, I have a business. 
lot of business dudes you read up on, they're like, if you're going to start a business, quit everything else. Like, no, you don't give yourself an out. Single-mindedness, single-point <laughs> focus. It's like all or nothing. You, yeah. If you got options, you're going to use them. If you have a backup plan, you're going to back up and fall back on that fallback plan. It's, it's, all, it's all in. you got to be all in, um, single-point focus, single-mindedness, relentless will. It's all the same thing. And I just want to let you know, people in the audience, you have gifts. You have talents. They're incubating. Somewhere in your brain is genius. Everyone has it. And it's up to you to discover it. It may not be easy. Um, like I said, the, the process of dis- it could be by accident you discover it. But for most people, they're going to have to be put in a situation to where they need to be talented. They needed to pull that shit out to get out of their situation. Um, but I don't know. The whole thing to me still relates to the holographic universe because we talked about um, a few episodes ago. You could watch it with uh, when we had our friend Chris on. Chris brought up the Iron Man movie where uh, when the extremist guy, I mean, if you don't know what extremist is, just watch Iron Man 3. But anyway, he um, pulls up a hologram of the universe. But he did it by mistake. What he meant to do was to pull up a hologram of the brain. And so he, he makes the mistake. Uh, but the thing is, it was, it was a joke because the brain and the universe actually look almost identical. So that's saying that basically um, the brain, the universe is the macrocosm of the brain, which is the microcosm. So whatever laws apply to the universe probably also apply to your brain. As above, so below. As above, so below. If you've done any um, research on um, the hermetic tradition of occult, the occult or anything like Hermes Triskamiska, I, I never can pronounce his name. But anyway, if you've ever um, done any of that sort of research, then you'll know what that term is, so above, so below. It kind of means that, like, well, in the, like what I just said, in the universe, you've got these laws. So because the universe is a hologram and um, the smaller individual parts that make up the entire universe also contain the whole, that means that whatever applies to the whole will also apply to the individual parts. You are the individual parts, each and every one of you individuals existing. And um, there's another theory that um, when the planet reaches, when the people living on the planet alive reaches the same number of neurons in the human brain, that's when we're going to reach planetary consciousness. And that's when, who knows what the hell is going to happen. But we're, they say the universe will wake up to itself, whatever that means. You think that'll be in our lifetime? I, I don't see why it couldn't. Because we're already cracking the code. You see, like, you, this is the, the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, is like this. You gotta, like, look at the research that they're doing on the brain and understand that when they're researching the brain, when they're trying to crack the codes of the brain, they're simultaneously trying to crack the theory of everything. Toe, like my big toe, the theory of everything. They're trying to crack the entire code of the, the Big Bang, what happened at the Big Bang. Where do we come from? It's the same exact shit. If you crack the, the code of the brain, you crack the code of the universe. So that's what's happening right now, and they're starting to do it, which is what's crazy, and which is why 
I, like I said in the last show, we're going to stay right here in the pocket. <laughs> we're not going anywhere because we want to yeah. see what's going to happen. If we become X-Men or any of that <laughs> shit. I think at the exact same time, too, the te- technology is – it's going to be that versus the technological uprise. So you, know, you know what I'm saying? Computer speed will equal the, the processing speed of the human brain with, in a few years. They already know that. They already know that a computer, that movie, Johnny Depp, that's what it's about, right? right? Computer can move just as fast as a human brain and control just as many functions or whatever. I think it's going to be that versus cracking the code of the universe. Technology versus spirituality. It definitely is going to be a battle or between spirituality. Maybe it'll be a civil civil war, an inner civil war. Fully. I feel like there's that going on right now. Inner civil war. <laughs> I mean, um, guys, you got to check out the holographic universe. Um, let me just give you guys some... There's a lot of information. Check out the holographic universe by... I forgot the guy's first name, but his last name is Talbot. Um, just... Uh, you gotta there's, ch- there's many books on the subject. There's like so many. Now. Just Google it. Holographic Universe. But just just talking about it and knowing a little, even just a little bit about it kind of opens up a lot of ideas. Right. And that's what it's all about. You open up these ideas. Like I said, we're um, don't just take what we say at face value. Just listen to what we say. We're not friggin' experts. We are passionate about this kind of research. But like the whole thing is like we're getting you to think. Most people, they know what to think. They don't know how to think. And, um, but it's getting ourselves to think. Yeah, it's totally. It's getting ourselves to think. He read and stuff. It, I read yeah. stuff. We just need to chop it up. Talking about it <clears throat> helps learn, learn it and relearn it. Right. Even if we don't know it completely. Yeah, so it's like, um, it's fun to be entertained. We all like, uh, well, I don't. But like most people <laughs> like to you know turn on some sitcom and laugh and... <laughs> do all that shit but you can I laugh do. and yeah i mean it's fine we gotta you can't be on hyper uh research mode all the time but hey i mean that's what's cool about the world we're living in now because now you have amalgams you have like infotainment and this is kind of what this is it's like um you learn a few things we bounce ideas back and forth you hear about certain things some resonate with you maybe others don't but um you are encouraged to basically make the gears of your mind work and think you need that. Um, you need that in life to uh, otherwise, because you got to understand, like, um, because there's so many flaws in the in thinking, that um, those flaws can be exploited, and they are exploited. Like I said, advertising, the whole entire advertising industry is based on human flaws in thinking, and um, what do you call those friggin' not wormholes, um, trap doors, and just ways to infiltrate your mind castle to make you think what they want you to think. Whoever they are. Could be anyone. So the only way to guard your own mind castle... <laughs> I like that term. Yeah. Is that you got to know the territory. And you have to also understand that the map is not the territory. It's not the same thing. You have your own mental maps of the world. You have your own software. You have your own operating system. So getting to know every avenue... Every, um, every aspect of your emotions, your thoughts, and your actions, and getting this, um, these three things to work in unison 
He's going to make you a fucking Jedi. It's basically <laughs> what we're trying to get at here. I do know that whatever is going to happen, we don't know what's going to happen. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen in our lifetime. I think so. Okay. Um, is that... Yeah, do you have anything else to add? or? No, I think that's a good... A good um, I think we can end it right there. Yeah. And um, we'll see you next time. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Shows are gonna we're gonna have more guests on pretty soon. Our good friend uh, Danny, Danny who was who was here with us last week, he's got some business to take care of, so he ain't with us. <laughs> you'll see him again. Yeah, you'll see him again as well as others. So thank you for watching, okay. and um, that's it. <laughs>